Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. Also, be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. All this is we're actually breaking down old structures that are no longer working for us. However, as we know, like if you do construction on a house, it's a mess in the meantime. So we're, we're in it. We're in the mess and it is messy. It's, it's sad. You know, there's people dying. There's people losing jobs. It, it's very sad. But the silver lining I could say is that we're really looking, people are waking up, people are starting to see that sometimes things are not what they thought. And so they're starting to ask questions. And I think that's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions of why have we been doing certain things, you know, for a certain time. So people are starting to wake up, ask questions and get curious and take their power back. Hey, U-Turners, we are doing something different today, and I get really excited for different, and I know that you do too. Uh, In the mindset category, I thought, why not bring on a spiritual teacher and an astrologer? So I have Daniel Page here, and we are going to talk about what to expect this summer and a little bit about 2020 and what it kind of means based on what she's seeing. And I'm just so excited to kind of have you look at life through the stars versus through our minds or through our hearts. So um, Danielle, Thank you so much for making the time to come on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, it was really fun to kind of hear you say that there's a few big eclipses coming this summer, but obviously we can start with the elephant in the room that 2020 has been a bit of a doozy, just to put it lightly. Yeah, you think? I know. It's like, it's insane. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I actually feel kind of like I judge myself for the fact that I'm having a decently good time being at home. And I'm, and and what's so weird is I'm noticing that I'm becoming more of a homebody. Like I'm adjusting to the quarantine where I'm becoming this like curmudgeon who doesn't want to leave her home, which is really interesting. It's a story of my life. So welcome. Really? <laughs> Have you always been like quarantining without a pandemic? <laughs> I've always been quarantining with like nothing has changed. So if people know astrology, I have a cancer moon. And the moon sign is your emotions and your nature and cancer energy is all about, you know, being home and your comfort and like being wrapped in blankets. So I'm always been home. This is like, this is nothing new for me. That's so funny. Um, well, I mean, this is definitely new for me. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious, like, just before we get into the eclipses, like, what is your take? I know that you were saying like 2020 isn't looking great in the stars and obviously anybody can hold this information however they want, but how are you holding 2020 and what's the positive that you're seeing and what a shit show it seemed to be so far? Yeah. So there's a lot going on and I, you know, there's astrologers that do 
It's called mundane astrology and they track the cycles in the sky. And so that wasn't my main focus until um, the end of 2019 when I started seeing that, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on and I have to look into it. So I started studying that, um, but I, I'm throwing that out there in case anyone wants to follow any other astrologers that do mundane astrology. They really track the cycles in the sky based on world events. But one thing I will say is I started doing this because when it was around November of 2019, I noticed that two planets were coming together in January of 2020. And these two planets don't actually make contact with each other often. And the last time they were in opposition was during 9-11. So the minute I realized that, I was like, okay. And I actually went on Instagram and stories and I said, you guys, in November, I'm like, there's a lot coming. There's a lot of breakdown of structures coming and we have to be prepared. And I said, I'm not trying to scare you, but we're really, we're in for something, you know, way over our head. And I didn't want to talk about 9-11 because I didn't want to tell them that, but I just knew that there was going to be major changes. So the point of me saying that is that something good behind all this is we're actually breaking down old structures that are no longer working for us. However, as we know, like if you do construction on a house, it's a mess in the meantime. So we're, we're in it. We're in the mess. And it is messy. It's, it's sad. You know, there's people dying. There's people losing jobs. It, it's very sad. But the silver lining I could say is that we're really looking, people are waking up and people are starting to see that sometimes things are not what they thought. And so they're starting to ask questions. And I think that's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions of why have we been doing certain things, you know, for a certain time. So people are starting to wake up, ask questions and get curious and take their power back. And again, it's the breaking down of old structures. So two planets that came together in um, January were Saturn and Pluto. And so again, they don't come together very often. And when they do, it's huge, huge, huge game changes. So Saturn is about structures and Saturn and Capricorn was about structures of the government. Mm -hmm. Pluto is, yeah. So it's all about government and like top down mm -hmm. and like the 1% and the people that are, you know, running the world, like the people that are in control of everything. So that's Capricorn energy. Saturn breaks down those structures. Um, or I should say Saturn brings up those structures. Pluto that the, um, the other planet, Pluto is deep, it's powerful, and it's all about going in and removing. So here's the thing. The first thing I want to say is that people might say, well, these are just planets and how they do anything. Everything is a vibration. And the thing is, you don't have to believe it. People don't have to believe astrology, but there's a reason why astrologers can predict cycles. Like it's not about predicting the future and saying exactly what's going to happen because we have free will, but it does show themes and vibration. And that's to me what astrology is about. Mm. I never know exactly what anyone's going to do with it or the collective because we don't know, but we know the energy that's going to happen. Okay. So Pluto is about deep, deep transformation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the minute you, we go into Pluto, we know every astrologer knows that it's not easy. Pluto is about, you know, it's the cycle of death and it could be literal, but I'm not even talking about literal. It's the cycle of, um, rebirth. being reborn. Yeah. Rebirth mm -hmm. and being reborn and, and, and something shedding so something new can come in, but it's not easy. With Pluto, you go into the dark, 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 dark crevices, right? We all have stuff that we've shoved under the rug, maybe family stuff we've pushed down, you know, whatever it is. But Pluto says, hey, you know, you got to pull up that rug. We're going to go in there. And you're like, no, there's too many, you know, scary monsters in the closet. And Pluto's like, it's time to, you know, bring them out. So mm -hmm. whenever we're dealing with Pluto, no way it's going to be easy. And we are, we're dealing with a Pluto, several Pluto transits right now. So that's part of what's going on of this deep, 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 massive 
um, restructuring. You know, the other times Pluto and Saturn were together were in um, World War One and World War Two. Mm. So you, you have to look at themes. I think there there's reasons why things are happening. Mm, so interesting. And for anybody who is, I think a lot of people are feeling anxiety around yeah. the pandemic and their health. Do you see anything around, obviously, the big $5 million question, uh, when this will complete or when things will shift into new energy for people to kind of, and, and what's your opinion on people kind of getting back to no, some level of what feels normal or what used to be normal? Yeah. So, you know, this is, it's a, it's a great question and it's a hard question to answer. You know, um, I, I've talked to a lot of astrologers and we, there was a lot of unknown, but we do see the transits coming up. And so we've talked about this and here's the thing. I don't know if anyone says, okay, it's exactly going to end on this date because energy, just like what anything does, it vibrates. It's like two plants come together. It's like a tuning fork and then they vibrate out and then we're feeling the vibration. So we're still under the big effects of January and then we have more transits coming. So do I have an exact answer? I don't know, but I don't think that this is going to be something that I don't think this is going to be something that is just one and done and we're clear because what I actually think what the planets are having us do is we can't go back to the way it was. Mm. And I know that's what everyone wants. And I'm all about being positive and I'm all about, you know, wanting people to thrive. But I actually think going straight back to the way it was, I actually think that's really toxic. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm not saying that what's happening now is healthy and great because it's not. And there's a lot of new things coming in that's going to change. But I think we have to move forward with more open eyes. That's what I'm going to say. So I don't know if it can get back to the way it was. And actually, I don't think it's going to. But I think this is going to be a several year journey, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I really do think that there's going to be another wave of something, mm -hmm. whether it's the virus, whether it's more control. You know, I don't know. I think there's going to be another wave of something in the fall. Mm -hmm. So I think that we have to um, see that and know that, you know, there's a lot of heavy astrology coming up in the fall and it's going to be interesting. And, you know, the thing is, again, no astrologer knows exactly how it's going to play out, but we understand the planets. And so we get a vibration. Like, for example, when everyone was talking about 2020 being like, this is the year, everyone's going to kill it. You know, I would, and all my friends knew I was even at um, a party and we were all going around sharing and, and I said, Hey guys, like, I'm just going to be honest, you know, I do astrology and I, I see what's coming. And this was like in September or something um, of 2019. And I'm like, 2020 is not at all going to be easy, like at all. And I think you guys have to prepare for that. So, you know, it's, it's just understanding that it's a new time that we're in. And I think people really need to move into that. And change is scary. Mm -hmm. And we don't want change. We're creatures of habit, but we can't go back to the old. You know, I mean, just because the planets are, they're going to keep doing stuff. So we can't go back to the old. We have to, again, like I said, with open eyes and open hearts and move forward and how we can make changes that are going to be positive for everyone. Wow. Okay. And, you know, I always get kind of stuck when people say we're like, we're not fully going to go back to what it was. Like, I'm always wondering what's on the mind of that person with like, what are some of the key changes that I don't want to say are gone, you know, but like, when you say what it was, what I associate is like going dancing at a nightclub, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Being on top of each other, going to sports games, sports arenas. Like, are we in a world now 
where you think we're wearing face masks and stuff like that forever? Or, you know, like, what's your opinion on what you think would change and what would be changing for the better? Yeah, I mean, in terms of not going back to, like, a nightclub, you know, I obviously that stuff is, everything comes in cycles. So there might be a down period where that's not going to happen, but eventually just after, you know, the Black Plague or the, what are the Black Plague and then the Renaissance, right? The dark, whatever it was called. And then the Renaissance, like it, everything comes in cycles. And then you have World War One, you have World War Two, right? And then after that, there was always the big boom. So we're just in a downfall right now. So, to you know, to say, are we ever going to go back to nightclubs and dance? Of course we will. Do I think it's going to be next week? No, maybe next month. You know, in some places they're opening, you know, it depends on where you live. Um, but I feel like what I'm really saying, not going back to the old is I actually think a lot of people were sort of, and it's not anyone's fault. And so this is not an insult. I just don't know any other word to say it. And, you know, if I didn't have my spiritual awakening, I did 12 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to understand this. So it, again, it's not anyone's fault, but People were just walking through the world, I believe, blindly. And again, I say that with so much love, and I'm not pointing fingers, but the reality is we don't know something until it comes into our consciousness. And I feel like things are in our consciousness now of just how we're looking at the world differently. So that's what I mean about things are not going back. You know, sure, can we, are we absolutely going to have beautiful times and memories again? Yes. But, you know, I don't know if it's going to be right now that, you know, there's, talk about like a window opening the summer of like maybe international travel. I mean, I don't really know if it's going to happen. I have a Greece retreat. It's now moved to August, but I think I'm canceling it because I don't think it's going to happen. You know, so there's so many factors. Um, There's also something called the North Node and the North Node shows us the pulse of where we're going. Mm. So the collective North Node is in Gemini right now, which means the South Node about the past and kind of letting go is in Sagittarius. Well, Gemini is more about local travel, local and connection and community of what's all around us. And um, Sagittarius is more about foreign travel. So because the South Node is in Sagittarius, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have any travel or foreign travel. But I believe that the focus is going to be more in the next couple of years on the immediate and our neighborhood and what's here. So we're going to see that it's it's just going to play out like Obviously, does that mean nobody can travel internationally? No. I mean, there are going to be people that do it, but I think mm-hmm. how it was before, we're going to see an effect of it because that's just what the planet shows. So we're, we're, it's just, we're going to see it. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting, Danielle, because I grew up um, in Los Angeles, but I also spent the past decade living in Paris half the time and it wasn't mm-hmm. until I domesticated and moved in with my guy and now we have a dog and now that I have a dog I have a bunch of plants I have to water every weekend like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the dog I'm like I'm yeah. so walked into this shit <laughs> but yep. Yep. good with it um I'm really grateful that I put myself out there in my 20s and like traveled a ton um but I remember like for me, from a health standpoint, I've always been slightly a germaphobe and Europeans are really lax about like, you know, like they'll cough and put their hand on the Metro thing. And I've always been like, you know, I literally had a necklace with a Purell on it, like a Purell spray necklace. So that's (laughs) in contact on my, (laughs) but my point being like, um, I'm, I'm curious to see what these changes actually look like, not just in who we, how we operate, but in who we are as, Mm -hmm. as people. Um, and I know that you said this summer, there's three big eclipses coming and I'm so excited for anybody because I know the U-turners are big note takers. And so 
And for those of you who are here taking those notes, um, I know, Danielle, you said June 5th, June 21st, and July 5th. Yeah. Um, and you see different kind of changes going on. I would love to hear what each of these eclipses mean. And it's news to me because I thought that these sorts of things mean something differently. If you have a certain sign, you know, like I'm a Gemini. So does the eclipse mean something different for me? Um, maybe not. Um, but curious kind of like what to expect um, for the June 5th one, for the June 21st one, for July 5th. Yeah, so let me um, describe eclipses, and I think this will help. Um, just a little background on what they are. Um, so basically, eclipses are big astrological events that happen roughly every six months. And they are very significant because when they hit a planet or point in your birth chart, it's going to eclipse, you know, in air quotes, eclipse that point or planet. And when something gets eclipsed in your chart, it's needs to use the expression in a different way. For example, if your sun gets eclipsed in your birth chart or your Venus gets eclipsed, you're going to have energy where you're going to have to use that planet differently. So eclipses are big game changers because they basically strike, um, strike a clock in the sky and they show us that it's time for change. Okay. So every six months we go through these big changes. Now, as a collective, we all feel eclipses. Okay. So we, we feel them. Um, the eclipses were in December of 2019 and January of 2020, and they're emotional. People cry. Um, people, sometimes they're beautiful where people get married. You can have a baby. People get engaged. So they signify and they show us big changes in our life that are going to happen. So I don't want people to um, get worried or fear eclipses because, one, we what's ever going to happen for our highest good is going to happen for our highest good. Um, but they are big game changers. Again, I'll reiterate, because I know people sometimes get scared about them. People can get engaged. People can get married. People can have a baby. People can win an award. But also people can get a divorce. People can move out of their house, right? They really, whatever happens during an eclipse, they move you on the path for your highest good. So eclipses are all very personal, depending on where it hits in your birth chart. So any astrologer should be telling you that with any eclipse, you can't predict what's going to happen. You know the the theme based on the energy of the sign it's in, but eclipses act like game changers and they also act like um, Uranus energy. And if anyone's familiar with Uranus, Uranus is unpredictable. It is surprises you, it shocks you. So you can't really predict exactly what's gonna happen. What you need to do is put it on someone's birth chart, see where it's falling in their birth chart, and then see what area of life it's meant to impact, okay? but we all feel them on a collective level. So the fact that we have three eclipses in a row is different. Usually we have two. It just depends on the sun and the moon and the nodes and where they're hitting and you know how they orbit each other. Um, but it is rare to have three. I think we had that, I believe it was either, and I don't remember offhand, I think it was either 2017 or 2018. We had um, three in a row and it was big. So just know this summer around June 5th, so the energy, you know, depending on when this airs, but the energy comes in about a month before. So we're definitely in this eclipse zone where things start shifting quickly. We start manifesting quickly. Um, things start leaving our life. Things come in, right? Um, so always about a month before, about a week before and up to the date, it could be very emotional. So eclipses are either new moons or full moons, and they are highly, highly charged events. So that's why people, you know, you can, your physical body, you can feel it. Um, I am very sensitive physically. And so I feel when there's shifts in the cosmic energy because our bodies are antennas. Um, it's not fluff. I mean, we're made with mainly water. 
and the moon rules the tide. So the moon rules our emotional nature of our body, just like doctors will tell you during a full moon, there's more people that get admitted to the hospital. There's more accidents. There's more people losing their mind. Like La Luna, the moon um, is short for, you know, it's come from the word lunatic. So it's all connected, right? So it, it's pulls on our emotional energy field. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, you know, a lot of people think astrology is fluff, but it's actually very real because it's energy. Yeah. Everything is energy. Yeah. It's, and I love what you said there. Cause I, I know that it might sound like basic science, but not everybody remembers that the moon does regulate the ocean's tide mm-hmm. and the way that we're made 70% of water, you know, there has to be some sort of regulation tied to the moon. So really interesting. I have a lot of friends who love the moon and are so connected to it. And, um, what other science, as we go into these eclipses, is there around astrology to help people understand these ties? Because I think, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are like, this is fluff. And I love astrology. Um, I don't live my life by it, but I love I love it. You know, I love to know it and think about it and consider it. Um, what science would you be able to present anybody listening just to better understand it? Well, it's basically comes down to its quantum physics because everything, the, the only thing if you don't want to listen to anything I say, but the one thing that I can give you for life is that everything is energy. And once you understand that we are energy beings, it's not just the physical, the physical world, the 3d world that we see is, you know, what 5% of actually what's out there. Mm -hmm. So if you can understand that everything is energy and everything has a vibration and because we're on earth, we're in this universe, we are affected by the cosmic currents. Everything influences us. So it's actually silly to think, oh my God, no, I'm just this human and there's no way that anything else is going to affect me. Then I would say, go look into quantum physics and do some research and learn about it because you're going to learn that we have an energy field and our energy field is what attracts everything to us. Go check out Dr. Joe Dispenza. You know, he's a doctor who teaches quantum physics and the mystical world. And what he talks about is he's saying the same stuff mystics have been talking about for centuries. He's just putting the science and the testing behind it, which is beautiful. If that's what people need, then that's great. Um, But he's saying the same stuff that mystics have been saying for eons. And so finally, people are listening. So, you know, I don't care if he has to have a doctor in front of his name, if that's what it's going to take for people to listen, then great. You know, then that's beautiful. Then we're finally listening to something. (laughs) So everything is energy. That's what it comes down to. Mm, Beautiful. Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Career Clarity Lab, the online course to help you find your career purpose in the workforce and upgrade your confidence. So if you're ready to unlock the best career path for you and you'd like to try a free version of our Clarity course, just head on over to uturnpodcast.com slash clarity. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash clarity. Now let's get back to this week's episode. And what's the difference? Like if I look, if, if I hear your description of an eclipse and I see June 5th, June 21, July 5th, it just seems like a forever earthquake. Like it almost yeah. feels like when I talk about like women on their period, especially me, where it's like, all right, the week before you're sensitive, the week of you're like bleeding. Okay. There goes half the month. Like if I was being yeah. sick about it. Yeah. Um, no, there you go. I really like that analogy. Um, yeah. so, I'm, eclipses, I'm like, so that's a long time. Cause you're like, we feel the eclipse energy before I'm like, mm-hmm. damn. So we got June 5th to July 5th, but then there's before it and there's, and then there's after. So there's like a quarter of the year that's just taken out with an eclipse. Yeah. You know, 
which is so funny to be even saying, but is there a difference between these three? Yeah. I mean, the thing is that usually then there's two eclipses. You have one that hits and then while you're waiting for the other one, I call it the windows in between. And that in between, I always tell people to just really take everything with a grain of salt just kind of breathe because a lot of things are being rearranged and it's going to be like confusing and emotions are coming up. But then we have two of those. So you have two weeks in between, you have another one, then you have two weeks in between. So yeah, it it is a big window, but that's why I'm saying this is going to be really significant. So 2020 has been hard and oh my God, we all need, we all need a big, huge collective hug, right? So this has been hard. And then we have three eclipses in a row. So um, again, I'm not, masks and our gloves. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm not totally, I'm not about, you know, doom and gloom. <laughs> I'm not about doom and gloom, but I'm also, the reality is people are going to ask, why is it so hard right now? Why is it so hard? And so the answer is, and because this is why I love astrology, is it gives you answer, answers to what's going on that you can't always understand until you know that we have a cosmic rhythm that influences us. So Yes, these eclipses are going to be big. There's a lot coming on. You're probably going to be more emotional. You know, the first one is at 15 degrees of Sagittarius. And the thing is, if people don't know, we have a birth chart. And even if you're not a Sagittarius sun sign, we all have Sagittarius in our birth chart. So you might have a planet or an angle in Sagittarius. Like I'm a Taurus sun, but my rising sign is Sagittarius, right? So it doesn't matter if it's not your sun sign. You all have the planets and the signs in your birth chart. So you need to really pull up your birth chart to understand. The second one on June 21st is at zero degrees of cancer, and that's going to be a big one. Um, Some are just bigger than the other. And then the one on July 5th is at 13 degrees of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So, and this is where, you know, I wish I could just explain in a simple answer of how to do it, but this is why astrology is complex, you know, and I wouldn't have a job. I don't do horoscopes. That's not what I do. I wouldn't have a job if I read horoscopes or wrote them because that's just, to me, that's BS because it's just making up stuff. Um, for every sign. And I, I don't believe in that. So I, I'm not a proponent of um, horoscopes. What I do is true, beautiful astrology that's been used since ancient times. And you understand people's birth chart and you understand their soul and you understand the cycles that they're in. Beautiful. Okay. So what can we understand about the idea that Sagittarius is in 15 degrees on June 5th? So the eclipse. Um, yeah. So Sagittarius, it's interesting because again, we have a collective South node in Sagittarius. And so right now it's a big theme about letting go of a lot of our old like dogma, a lot of our old religion, a lot of our old like preaching, a lot of the old that what we thought the way it was and our old religious beliefs or even just beliefs um, in general about the world. So it is a lot of letting go of that. There's Mm going to be stuff about freedom. Um, People are going to want to travel. I'm actually curious now that I'm talking about this, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with travel around June 5th. Now I'm not with eclipses. It doesn't, something could happen on June 5th, but it's not about that. It's, you know, the energy builds up before and it builds up afterwards or like it, it, um, the tuning fork. So the energy is prevalent after. So I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with international travel around June 5th because Sagittarius rules international travel. So, um, I'm curious to see about that. That'll be interesting. Mm, okay. And um, do you see something different with June 21? And I didn't catch, um, I know you said 13 degrees in Capricorn for July 5th, but I didn't catch what you said on June 21. Yeah. So, I mean, they're really all different and it really depends on, again, how it hits your birth chart. So I wish I can give you one specific answer of what's going to happen, but I don't have that. But there are themes, you know, the one in June 21st, zero degrees cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been getting a big lesson on home and family, right? What's going on with that? So there's going to be more about what it means to 
be open, be emotionally vulnerable, what it means to communicate, right? What we need, like with cancer, it's our deepest, deepest needs and desires. And, you know, how do we take care and support our hearts? You know, that's the most important thing. And then the one on July 5th is in opposition. It's in Capricorn. And Capricorn, again, this will be interesting with the structures of the world. I'm sure we're going to have some activity with the government, you know, with new laws or with something. Someone, something came out and someone's talking about something, you know, because um, you can just always see it with Capricorn around July 5th. So I'll be very interested. And it's very interesting. Obviously, it's near July 4th, right? Freedom and independence, which we don't really have right now. So it'll be very interesting that July 5th one too, because Capricorn is the structures of the government. So let's see, like, that's my thing with astrology. It's always like, okay, well, this is a theme, but can't see how this is wait to see how this is going to play out because it's almost like you can sit back with popcorn and watch. (laughs) Yeah, literally, that's what it feels like. And yeah, you know, what, what feedback do you have? Because I love astrology, but I know some people are like, well, yeah, I always am letting go of old beliefs. I'm always thinking about my family. I'm always, you know what I mean? Like the government's always doing things like how do these eclipse eclipses differentiate themselves with these topics that are on people's mind all the time? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's where it comes down to it's one thing to talk about astrology, and I love this conversation we're having, but it's another thing to, for an astrologer, any astrologer who's a good astrologer, to take someone's birth chart and look at it and see where the eclipses are falling and then talk to you about specifically about your life journey and talk about your transits and your progressions and your solar arcs. That's what people don't see about astrology. And so it's so funny to me when people you know, give astrology a bad name. I'm like, but you actually don't understand of how deep it is. Like when I do readings for people, I mean, it blows their mind. I don't even know the people. And it's like, I already know what's going on. Like what mindset they're in. You yeah. know, because I could see if Saturn's sitting on your sun, you're not a happy person right now. You're going through depression and you're feeling really stuck. Like there's no way around that, you know? So you can see what's going on. That's so insightful. And I think some people confuse astrology with like psychics. Like people yeah. are playing the future, but you're looking at um, stars and people's birth time and stuff like that. Um, and you know what that would be kind of fun is um, doing a bit of an overview on what you see with so- different signs, not with like this year, but in general, because I know that all these signs have different stigmas. You know, like when I think of an Aries, I think that they're stubborn, but they're also like achievers. I don't know. I was curious, like, if it's possible or if this feels too horoscopy for you to kind of look at the signs and just kind of tell me what goes through your mind for each of the astrological signs. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I can talk about the signs in general because every sign is an archetype. So we have the shadow side and the higher octave. So we can definitely go through that. Yeah. That feels really fun. And I feel like anybody listening would just love that to not just understand themselves, but the people in their life, you know? Absolutely. So we'll start with Aries. And Aries is, I'll just give you the shadow side and we'll go to the higher archetypes. So the shadow side of Aries can be very impulsive, rushes in, and um, doesn't really think about um, anyone else's needs. The higher octave of Aries is being courageous, being brave, um, and jumping in. So it's a catch-22, right? Jumping in and being a leader and being Mm -hmm. strong. So, Mm -hmm. and again, when I'm saying this, every sign has a shadow side. So mm-hmm. let's not take this personally. Um, I'm not, you know, it's like, cause I, I don't want anyone to get upset. It's just like, you like every, call her boyfriend and be yeah. like, you don't care about my needs and you're so impulsive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every side. And it just depends on, this is why also you have to see where someone is at in life because talking to someone that's an Aries, for example, when they're 22 is going to be very different than an Aries when they're 65, if they've grown and done work in their life. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they've learned. So it just depends on where we're at in life. 
-hmm. and how we're on the journey. Um, so next one is Taurus and the shadow side of Taurus could be very stubborn, be very stuck, be very much wanting to cling to what's comfortable. And mm -hmm. um, the higher octave of Taurus is very much being very loyal, being very grounded and being very um, confident in themselves in like the eye of any storm. Mm, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gemini, you said you're a Gemini? Yeah, my birthday is May 29th. It's coming up. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank so, you. Um, yeah, Gemini is great that you have a podcast because Gemini needs to talk. You guys <laughs> need to talk and you need to communicate and you need to share information with each other. Mm -hmm. So um, the shadow side of Gemini can be a little bit too gossipy. Um, mm -hmm. be, you know, Gemini sometimes can do... Like, it's not that they're lying. They're just like, they're really good with stories. So it's like, oh, sharing this story, but then a little bit of fib here and like put in something else, you know, so it's like a little bit of white lies here and there, but it's sharing information mm -hmm. to and from. So that's the shadow side. Mm -hmm. The higher octave is you guys are the social butterfly. You are the connector. So that's probably, obviously I don't know your entire chart, but for a Gemini to be like landlocked, yeah, that's a little hard because you want to go out and explore. You're super curious about everything. You need to, your mind needs to be filled constantly with information, with more, with sharing, with communication, with talking. Um, you're the someone at the party where it's like, oh, I know Sarah. Do you know Bob, Bob, Sarah, but you need to meet. And then like, you go put them together and then you go to someone else. Yep. <laughs> you know, so it's like you are the mayor of the town. Yeah, totally. So think about it. Could the mayor of the town be locked in their house all day long? No, they got to do mayor work. You know, the Gemini is the mayor. <laughs> so I feel you on that. Um, next one is the cancer cancer. The shadow side is, um, someone that's so wrapped up in their own emotional stuff that they get stuck. You know, they're so stuck in their own emotions and they're feeling victim and sorry for themselves. The mm -hmm. higher octave is someone with um, strong cancer in the chart is such a good nurturer, beautiful about keeping home and family. You know, it doesn't matter if you're masculine or feminine. It, it's all about this like environment to make sure people feel safe and nurtured. It's really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, then we have Leo, the shadow side of Leo is it's a little too much about them. Leo, you know, like the, you can see a shadow side Leo where it's like every picture is a selfie and they're on stage and it's like all about me, 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 me. It's like a little overkill, right? The higher octave of Leo is you are meant to be a leader. You are meant to be on stage, but you're meant to show people how to empower them by you having fun and being you and being in the moment, it's going to lead and encourage other people. So it's, it, it is about you, but it's not about you at the same time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, totally. Yeah. So Virgo, shadow side of Virgo, very nitpicky, very critical, um, very much finding faults in everything, you know? So like Virgos would be really particular, you know? Um, they could be like kind of OCD with like health and stuff um, at times too. The higher octave of Virgo is they are beautiful. Um, it's an earth sign. So it's very much grounding and being in their body, um, healing the body helping people and really um, implementing changes in, in, in the way of like physical body, um, helping them <clears throat> with just like all structures, like finding the faults and things like a lot of editors um, are really, they have a lot of um, Virgo in the chart. <laughs> so you'll see that. Yeah. Like, cause they just, they know like, oh, that comma shouldn't be here. Like that shouldn't be here. So they're great. Like you have the book, give it to the editor. Like they have strong Virgo in their chart for sure. They, okay. they just know how to fix it and improve it and send it on its way. Libra, shadow side of Libra, they can be way too codependent. I mean, there's just no other way of saying it. Libra, people with strong Libra in their chart, they are like the bicycle built for two, you know, and that's, oh, it's okay. Relationships are beautiful and important, but Libra can sometimes sacrifice a little too much about their self 
for the other person. Like, for example, if everyone wants to go, I don't know, watch one movie and they like hate it and they've seen it, a Libra would still be like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. Right. But at some point, you know, you have to be like, well, you know, I've seen that and I would like to go learn something new. So the shadow side of Libra is agreeing with everyone and not standing mm. up for yourself and being codependent. Right. The, the higher octave is you're bringing peace and balance to our lives. You're bringing this um, beautiful energy of um, harmony um, because if you have too much, um, so Libra is opposite Aries, right? And if we remember the shadow side of Aries is me and jumping in and not thinking and rush, rush, rush. So if you have too much of that, right, we can't be balanced. So Libra brings in this beautiful balance and shows us how to work together in relationship and harmony. Mm -hmm. Scorpio. Scorpio is the shadow side could be very dramatic and be very much filled with like transformation. And also, um, you know, I always say, if you don't believe in astrology, it's fine, but don't piss off a Scorpio. And I kind of say that tongue in cheek, but it's true. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as shadow side Scorpio, if you hurt them, um, they will cut you, right? That's a shadow side Scorpio. So not every Scorpio should be like that. That is someone that is in their shadow that hasn't learned to use their powers yet. The higher octave of um, Scorpio is someone that transmutes and um, is a like an alchemist. Um, they understand how to bring something from one state to another. They know how to dive into intimacy. They know how to transform. They are magical. It's really, really beautiful. And it's all about the deepest parts of our psyche. And a Scorpio can go in and understand that. So they're great psychologists. Mm, great. Sagittarius. So shadow side of Sagittarius is not caring about what anyone else wants, doing their own thing, jumping around the world, saying rude things, being very blunt, way too blunt, way too honest, where it like hurts people. And, you know, they have this big thing of freedom. Like if you like you can't like tie down a Sagittarius, like they need to feel free to roam about the cabin. OK, um, the higher octave of Sagittarius is using their um, insight and their wisdom from all around the world to teach people. So a lot of people with strong Sagittarius write books, right? They have podcasts. Also, they, um, they're teachers, um, they're shamans, they're healers, the priests, the rabbis, you know, it, it's all of the stuff that um, is like this higher wisdom of knowledge. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Capricorn, the shadow side of Capricorn, I like to call it the Great Wall of China. That's what I coined. And now it's not that these people are mean, or it's not that they don't have hearts because we do. And they all do. I'm not a Capricorn, but they do. Um, Capricorn, Great Wall of China, that's a shadow side in the sense of their emotional nature is so blocked off. And it's all about having status, performing and being a big person in the world, like wearing their Prada, wearing their Gucci, right? It's all about this like label and status. So that's the shadow side. And they work, work, work to death, right? The higher octave of Capricorn is you are the CEO. You are the boss. You are the one that's bringing people together, starting corporations, starting business, and making ripples in the world. So it's it's really this beautiful energy to contribute to something bigger than yourself, but you kind of got to get over yourself first. Mm, great. So Capricorns who are over themselves and aren't in their shadow are really powerful people in business. All, yes. I mean, everyone is powerful in the birth chart, but Capricorn is very strong with um, like Natalie Ellis, boss babe, who yeah. did her chart. I mean, I was like, oh my God, you have so much Capricorn. You know, like it makes sense for what she does. Like that's the epitome yeah. of Capricorn. You know, she's yeah. building business for women. Like that's amazing. You yeah, know, so, that you just mentioned her because she was who I was thinking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Capricorn, I know Natalie really well. I was like, yeah. oh damn, full sense. But yeah, perfect. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she's, and it was funny when we did her chart, she had a lot of like Venus stuff near her MC, which is her career angle. 
So it's like, if I didn't, and I know her, but usually my clients, I don't know, but I'm like, if I didn't know you, you should be doing stuff for women in business world. <laughs> right. So she is, she's living her chart. Um, so then we have, um, Aquarius. And so the shadow side of Aquarius can be very detached, be very, um, you know, like kind of, you know, march to be their own drum, drum, which is good, but in a way of like not having any association with anybody, just kind of being like literally in outer space, like being an alien and just like not connecting with the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and also being a rebel and like really pissing people off to the point where it's like too much. Okay. Um, the higher octave of Uranus, which it's one of my favorite signs, I shouldn't say that, but I love Uranus or sorry, Aquarius energy, which is ruled by Uranus, but Aquarius is, um, very much about being someone that makes changes in the world. They see how things are going and they say, you know, I know we've been doing this for a hundred thousand years, but that old paradigm is not working. Let's try this. Let's implement new standards because we're going to improve the world. So they're all about the future. They're very much visionaries. They do march to the beat of their own drum in a beautiful way. And like, you know, you'll, you can see a lot of people with Aquarian energy. It's like everyone looks the same and all of a sudden they have this like pink hat with purple dots on it, you know? Yeah. And it's like they're, they're wearing something totally different. And it's like, I love that. Like, let's just be you, you know, that's so cool. So Aquarians are very unique and they have a lot to help guide us to the future. Mm. And then, yeah, so they're great. And then um, Pisces energy. So Pisces does have a strong shadow side because Pisces is a water sign like Cancer and um, Scorpio. But Pisces is so sensitive and so open. So they are basically in realms the other time. So the symbol of Pisces is the fish swimming in two different directions. Mm -hmm. And it's because one fish is um, on earth, you know, in air quotes, and the other one is in the spiritual realm. And that's the truth of Pisces. You're always in a spiritual realm all day long. You're channeling. And people think channeling is like, oh, my head has to turn and I have to speak another language. No, it's not that. We're just getting divine inspiration all day long. But Pisces are so plugged in that they're channeling that they could sometimes escape. So the shadow side of Pisces is being the victim, being the martyr, you know, having absolutely no boundaries, <laughs> giving stuff to people all the time that it's actually hurting you. Mm -hmm. um, they are escaping. So a lot of people with strong, you know, either like alcoholism or drug issues, they, I always see they have strong Pisces in their chart because it's a lot easier for Pisces to sort of escape the earth, the density of earth and go into this other realm. So if someone is struggling with a lot of um, drugs or alcohol, they, I would say, look to see if you have a lot of Pisces because you're using the shadow side and the higher octave is you're showing us the beauty on earth and how we are connected to other realms and how we actually have to bring other realms onto earth and um, connect with, you know, spirit, connect with compassion, showing us um, the beauty of life. And so you know, with Pisces, it's a very slippery slope because it's so shadowy because it's everything else is very, it's almost tangible. You can touch it. You could identify with it. But um, Pisces is so connected to a spiritual realm. And again, the spiritual realm is real. You know, earth is just, you know, the 3D realm is small percentage of what we actually are. So these people are so psychic and they're so in tune. And so they're getting all this information, but it doesn't always play out on the earth plane exactly how they imagine it. And that's where the confusion is for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, great. And my final question before I ask you where everybody can find you and get a reading from you, I'm sure there's going to be so many is, um, these, uh, this idea of like your sign that's rising in the moon, in the sun, like, I don't even understand it, but I'm curious, like, it seems like beyond just your sign, there's a few areas that if somebody wants to kind of just self Google 
or look up their chart basically and just understand a few basic things. What are those things? Like what your sun sign is, what your rising is. Um, can you explain those for people? Yeah. And this is where the chart is so complex. And again, we're more than just our sun sign. We have all the planets in us and we have houses and we have aspects um, and we have transits and we have solar, um, we have progressions and we have solar arcs. So just that's to give a little background on how there's so much. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, we have uh, something called the rising sign and a rising sign is um, how we move through life. Um, it's basically some people call it the mask you wear on the outside world because when we go to a party, when we meet people and just kind of how we maneuver, like the glasses that we're going to look through, um, that's our rising sign. So it gives us a big flavor of how we move through life. So for example, I'm a Sagittarius rising. So to me, it's all about truth. It's all about wisdom. It's all about higher education. I'm always about learning and it's about spirituality. That's the lens that I move through. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't take that from my life because that's a big part of who I am. Mm. Um, and then after that, we have, um, the moon sign and a moon sign is your deepest emotional needs. It's, um, also your body, your physicality, it's your health. It's how you nurture yourself. Um, and it's what you need, um, to feel supported in your heart. So the moon sign, I actually think is more important in many ways than the sun sign. And then, you know, we have all the other planets in there. That's why it's so complex. And then everyone has a different pattern of how they connect to each other and the way they talk to each other. And they make um, contact with each other describes a different story of someone's Mm -hmm. soul. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And then is there like, there's rising, isn't there like a sun sign? What's your opinion on the sun sign? Yeah. So the sun sign is your identity. Mm -hmm. It's really where, wherever your sun sign falls in the chart, it's where you promise the universe you're going to shine your light and you're really going to ace that area of life. So you have to see what house it's in, what it's aspecting and what sign it's in to get Mm. a better flavor. But it's really about the pulse. Yeah. Of who you are and your identity. Well, Danielle, this has just been so awesome. I feel like so many people who like astrology, but maybe haven't debunked like all of the different signs and kind of looked at it through this very brief and clear lens, you know, and I, I get what you're saying that there's so much complexity to it. So it's, it's helpful to kind of just acknowledge that. But, um, I would love to know how people can get a reading with you, where they can find you or follow you, or if you have any offerings for people who want to dive deeper into astrology with themselves. Yeah, so they can follow me on um, Instagram at I am Danielle Page, and that's P A I G E. And also, my website is Danielle Page, and you can pull up your birth chart on my website. Um, I also offer Astro Hacks, um, they're little mini chart um, sessions where I walk you through how to really pull up your birth chart and how to look at it and how to dive deeper. And I also have level one and level two astrology mystery school on my website. Um, I am building my membership. It's going to be launched this summer and we have lots and I share every day on Instagram. So we have lots of stuff to talk about. Oh, I'm so grateful for your time. Thanks again for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. sweet friends. It's Ashley here and I'm reflecting on the episode with Danielle Page. It was so much fun. After we stopped recording, she gave me a mini reading for a few minutes and she had pointed out how, um, and based on what you just learned, maybe it'll make sense and I'll be brief because this is not about me. But she talked about how my Leo is in rising, which means I'm a performer and I'm out there. And that my moon sign is cancer, which means I need to be home and decompress, which is so true. And that my sun sign is Gemini, which means I care about friendship and community, which is 
so true. Um, and it's just so powerful, I think, to consider other sources of information. Um, and I always hold them lightly, but with curiosity. And the reason that I say that is because sometimes we can get tempted to identify so deeply with something that it keeps us from really seeing who we are because we buy into these identities that we get. And that's actually something that you can uh, expect to see a lot of on the podcast episode with Ben Hardy, where we're going to soon, it's going to come out soon. And we're going to talk about personalities and how he believes your personality is not permanent. So stay tuned for that Ben Hardy episode. But reflecting on this episode with Danielle Page, what I found really interesting was this idea of tuning into alternate sources of information uh, as a way to get to know yourself. And I think that um, she put it really nicely talking about astrology as a form of quantum physics but also energy and how in the same way that um, there's cells all around us and matter all around us uh, and so much going on in the invisible that the moon, which regulates the ocean, regulate, I mean, the fact that we're 70% water, we are impacted by these environmental sources that are beyond our imagination or understanding. And to me, that just makes sense. And whether we go deeper into the stars and believe all of it. I love the idea that there are other ways to collect information about yourself, about the world, than the typical ways that we see in front of us with our with our common human senses of taste, touch, smell, all of that, sight. And another way that I love to collect information is energy, um, how people feel when I'm around them, how I feel when I'm around people. Um, sometimes you're around a perfectly healthy, good person, but there's like a chemical reaction that happens between you and someone else that the energy match doesn't work. You know, it's almost like you can take two healthy people, but together they have a toxic relationship. Um, I find that sometimes there's like a Petri dish of two personalities or energies that create that. Um, but there's other ways of doing things. And that's what I'm really excited to talk about in this moment now is intuition. And uh, it's really hard to hear your intuition if you don't trust yourself, if you're indecisive, if you struggle to make decisions. Um, and if that's the case for you, I would recommend getting some support. Um, you know, like my best friend, Nicole Naupavar is a psychologist. You know, I think her Instagram is at therapy by Nicole. And there's so many different therapists out there. You want to find the right one for you. But if you don't have that confidence to trust yourself, what I get bummed about is not just you know, the pain of kind of waffling all the time, but more the pain of not being able to connect to your intuition, which is to me, one of the most fulfilling gifts that I have and the most wise compasses for my career and my life. And, you know, it's like, we're all just, you know, we're 70% water. So we're basically like these meat packs or these like cucumbers really roaming the planet with eyeballs and hair <laughs> full of water and different things, just like all these different organisms. And we pick up things. We're so receptive. We have, we have these receptors on us. And I feel like there's ways of knowing things, intuition that are beyond what the human mind can process. And here's what I mean. Uh, have you ever walked into a conversation and felt like they were talking about you? And it's not like anybody told you that. So it's not mental information that you know. Um, you don't have any proof of it. It's not like it's happened before. It's a feeling. It's an intuition. And I think there's such a wisdom in your intuition. So what I want to invite you today is to tune into your intuition. Maybe look up your chart. Maybe look at what your sun sign is, your rising sign your moon sign. Um, and, and just kind of look at your notes from this episode and get to know yourself, get curious. And as I said, you can hold it lightly, um, get a reading if you're into it. But I find that these information sources are just another way to be the 
beings that we are, where we have many different facets, many different interests, and there's nothing wrong with that. So hope that this uh, conversation with Danielle Page got you curious about yourself, got you learning about yourself, got you asking questions. And my question for you today is um, if you could pull out a piece of paper and do something that I like to call soul writing, where you write at the top of the page, what do you need me to know? It's like connecting to your intuition and just write without knowing what the pen is going to say. What do you need me to know today? and see what messages you get. And this is something that I do quite often in my home um, in the morning when I journal, uh, which hasn't been as consistent because of my new puppy, Jupiter, who's out of control, but he's so cute. And uh, I'm just so honored that you're listening. Thank you so much. Thanks especially to those of you who have given me a written review. Those written reviews do so much for this podcast. I really don't know how to tell you how grateful I am for those. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And can't wait to connect next week. this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Star on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.